Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Yar, matey, I'm a non-specific pirate. Now, when a sailor has been at sea for too long, they can get angry and profane. Inspired by the pungent sea air, we came to call these irritable fellows Salty Dogs. In a game like Magic the Gathering, that's as vast as the very ocean, everyone is bound to find some cards that bring out their saltiness, whether it's destroying lands, slowing the game, or just ruining everyone's fun. These cards make you want to walk the plank. Your own salty list may be different, but these are the cards that make this pirate irate. So climb aboard as we set sail for the good cards that make us salty. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Command Zone podcast. I am one of your hosts today, DJ, also known as Jumbo Commander, and I'm joined with by... Hi, everyone. I'm Ashlyn Rose. Hello. Today, we're talking about those cards that make us... Oh, so salty. So salt. Oh, oh my gosh. You know, you know, I try to I try to be calm. I try to be patient, but sometimes the salt just creeps in. <laughs> uh, and we're gonna talk about those cards today. But before we do we have to talk about our sponsors for the show. And first off, we have Channel Fireball. You're going to be ordering magic cards anyways. You're going to buy Commander stuff. And if you use our affiliate link to help support the show, I call that having our cake and eating it too. Also, the orders ship really fast and are reliable because everyone you're dealing with on the site is an LGS. So you're also supporting local shops while you do this. Channelfireball.com slash command, or you can use the code command to let them know we sent you. And once you get all of your product, you're going to want to put them into something that can protect them. And that's where Ultra Pro comes in. They're the other sponsor for our show. They make many delightful magic products to protect and glow up your cards. We use them on all of our game nights from their Eclipse sleeves to playmats, which are my personal favorite thing to get from them because they have all the official licenses for the card art of each set. Plus, they have other cool accessories like the wall scrolls. So check out shop.ultrapro slash command. And of course, another way to support this podcast and the entire Command Zone channel is directly through Patreon. We have so many patrons. They're amazing and they get tons of perks like the Discord channel or seeing episodes of stuff early. Playing Spell Table with us throughout the month also. Cool stuff. Of course, we dedicate each episode of the Command Zone podcast to one lucky patron and this episode is dedicated to Kristen Kristen North. North. Kristen. Kristen. 
You rock. Thank you so much for your support. All right. We're going to talk about some cards that make us salty. But before we do, you know, can we define the the feeling of salt? I know we've all felt it. <laughs> we've all felt it inside of us. But but what is that feeling? Like is it is it anger? Are we upset? Like what how can we define that salty feeling? What is it? Right. I think salt is definitely that that feeling of just that groan you have when you see a specific card, at least for me, or the mm. just the the kind of bitter feels bad feelings that aren't necessarily like they're not wrong, but they're like Oh, I don't like that, even though it's the right thing to do. Kind so, of so we're not we're not sad. Maybe no. a little bit sad. We're not like <laughs> angry. No. Maybe a little bit angry. Uh, <laughs> but mostly it's this internal like grr. Yeah, the grr. <laughs> that is, <laughs> that is a little it. bit of an internal like ugh. Okay. So we each have some of the cards that make us personally salty, but there's some classic salt cards out there. And one thing that we do can do is get like a baseline for how we evaluate saltiness so that the audience knows. So what do we think about some of these classic salty cards? Uh, what about like a card like Stasis? I think this is number one on EDH Rex salt <laughs> tier list. Stasis is one in a blue for an enchantment. Players skip their untapped step. There's an upkeep, but mostly players just skip their untap step. You never, you don't untap again. Right. It's like, okay, you, you can't do anything in the rest of your turn. So this is, some people see this as the saltiest card. What do you think about this card? What do I think? Yeah, what do you think? I think that this card is, it can be definitely feels bad. I, I agree. It hits that salt level, but it's also an enchantment, so you can't remove it. Okay. It's an enchantment. It's got an upkeep. You feel like... Uh, I feel like kind of bad, but like on the salt scale, this is not reaching the top. This isn't making your top 10 list. Probably not. No. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I don't mind stasis at all. Yeah. It's symmetrical. It's symmetrical and people have to set it up. Do you know what? I'm actually fine. If someone goes through all of these steps to set it up. Yes. It's going to slow down the game. A lot of the saltiness we have in this list has to do with the pace of the game a lot of times. And so when the game slows down and suddenly I focus my entire night on a single game, maybe the salt levels rise, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, I don't mind stasis. The art is beautiful. (laughs) <laughs> okay, what about a classic Cyclonic Rift? That's got to be a groan test, right? Someone yeah. overloads a Cyclonic Rift and everyone's like groaning as they pick up all their cards? Absolutely, and I think I'm, I'm, I might be part of that groan. Oh, you like Yes. I don't think I am because I play Cyclonic Rift and honestly, I just think it's like the blue board wipe. So I'm like, yep, people get board wiped from time to time and I pick up my stuff. So I actually think that this personally doesn't hit the salt list for me at all. Yeah, really? That's interesting. I don't know why it hits it for me because if, I, if you do think about it, it isn't that bad of a card. You get to replay your stuff. You get it back. But there's just something about it that just... Maybe because it's one-sided, like Maybe, it's like yeah. you, you got to pick up all your stuff and you like look at your opponent and like that cast it at instant speed, and then you're like you're like they still have all their toys. Like <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. this, this is not like a board wipe, like DJ said. <laughs> this card does not allow every. The card isn't fair. Okay, no. But I play Psychonic Rift. I I I kind of like it, and I think that Blue needs these kinds of uh, mass bounce tools. Yeah, and I will say after pl- facing it enough in our playgroup. I've gotten more used to it. Mm-hmm. It's not as bad. Okay. Um, what about another one that got uh, a lot of people in the office said that this card was their their salty card. It's expropriate. 
Expropriate is seven blue blue for a sorcery. Basically, for each player, you get to choose whether you have an extra turn or you take one of their things. And so usually what it ends up being is that you get an extra turn because you're not going to take one of your own things. And then you get to steal something from each opponent. Right, because they don't want to give you... Three extra turns. Yeah. I mean, I would gladly take three extra turns. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what do you think of expropriate? I don't mind expropriate. I, I've come out of games where it's been fine after it's been cast uh, or it's ended. It so. was fine? Things <laughs> well, were I fine mean, after it's like, cast? As fine as it can be for <laughs> expropriate, okay? <laughs> um, here's the thing. I'm actually okay with it in terms of the salt level. Like, I, here's the thing. I think that you deserve a huge effect for nine mana. True, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that's totally fine. But here's the thing that I also recognize is that there are a lot of things on the salt list, uh, like extra turn spells. Extra turn spells are on the salt list. And I can see that. Like, I don't get to play the game if everyone else is playing their extra turns. Right. And also, people don't like it when their stuff gets stolen. And so you combine that together into one card. Oh my, here's, the, here's another thing, too. I love stealing other people's stuff. Right. So that might be one reason why I'm totally fine with expropriate, because That's I'm good. like, because I'm like, oh, I want to bribery you. <laughs> I want to take, I want to take all of your stuff. What, what's yours is mine. Give it Exa to me. Oh my gosh. I, I love that part of Commander. So maybe that's why I'm not as impacted uh, by expropriate or other similar effects. Um, okay. So we hit some of the big, the big three. By the way, all blue cards. Yes. Very, very saltiest, noted. Saltiest of <laughs> colors. All right. What do you think about uh, these classic ones that usually get on people's nerves? The, you pay one for Ristic? Do you pay one, one for, for Ristic, Ristic. setting? Yeah. You pay, you pay one. How about this? Do you pay, uh, you pay two for Smothering Tithe? Um, I'm sorry, but during draw, you pay, pay two for Smothering Tithe? Oh, two. two. Hello, two. two. Sorry. Two. I actually have both of them on the battlefield. So one for card draw yeah. and two for the Smothering Tithe, <laughs> oh, please. God. <laughs> I'm the type of person who actually, not salty, but I feel bad asking. Like, I'm like, I'm sorry, but do you pay the two? <laughs> You're <laughs> Which, like, um, I'm doing this to myself. Me, excuse but, me. So wait, but you, you, that means you play them. I do. Well, I play Smothering Tithe. Ristic, not so much, but. I play both of them. Yeah. Um, I just don't play blue. So. It does get, it does get a, it's gotta be a little bit annoying uh, when this it just keeps coming up over and over again. Again, asking around the office, the editors say that they, Definitely dislike the fact that every time someone draws, you have to come in and say, uh, do you pay one for that? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it always interrupts the the pace of the game. Right. So the editors hate it. Uh, <laughs> and um, and also I think that it generally genuinely does kind of interrupt the pace of the game where you're getting and you're doing something and then suddenly, oh, I'm gonna stop you right there. Right. You know, can I draw my card? I think can it's I make also, my treasure. It's also fair to say that it interrupts the the pace of the game in the sense of there the, the this card provides more value for the person who owns it because mm -hmm. you're you're getting card draw, you're getting treasures, which is going to put you ahead in the game tempo wise as well. Well, Murph doesn't like it because sometimes people don't get on the same page. It's like everyone needs to get on the same page and pay one foristic study. Right. Uh, and sometimes people are not on the same page. They don't agree with Murph, and so he's like, he's like, <laughs> I always pay one. Always pay the and one. None of you do. So so if you're all on the same page, everything's fine, right? Right. Exactly. Just commit. <laughs> okay so some of the most salty cards the one that every the ones that everyone life even people dislike in the office you know we're we're kind of okay with so it leads me to wonder what's on our list what do we <laughs> right? feel are the saltiest cards if stasis isn't salty i what know is? what is what is i think that there's going to be lots of different degrees of salt but i'm excited to see what the first one is on your list all right well then 
Okay, paper. Goodbye. <laughs> the first one on my list, we might as well start this off with, you know, let's break the ice. Yeah, let's break it. Yeah. And then overload it. Wait, what? And then overload it. That's right. It is two... It is black black for a sorcery that says destroy target land that is snow or could produce colorless mana, specifically gosh, waste. Break the, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> break the ice. I would not have been able to come up with this card off the top of my head. <laughs> it's like, it's very obscure for me. Yes. I, but why is this reaching the salt level when it's not even on my radar at all? Because when you overload it, it would. It basically says you may cast this spell for its overload cost. If you do, change its text by replacing all instances of target with each. So each snowland permanent it could or waste permanent it could produce. Which means if you are playing a colorless deck like Kozilek, it just blows up all your lands. Oh my gosh! Or or if you're if you just happen to be running like a snow style deck, oh, yeah. like, because maybe you um, you know you want that snow synergy, so you got mm -hmm. all snow force, all snow plains, or something like that. Right. You're running Scred, so you have all snow mountains or some some weird <laughs> thing like that that you think is like just incidental, just like fine. Right. You What's could just get demolished by this. Yeah. If someone decides to play this in their deck, if your play group has a Kozilek player or several. <laughs> you. So you you love Eldrazi. Like you play colorless decks. Yes. Do you face this? Do people run this against you? I've only ran into it once. And that's all it takes. <laughs> that is all it takes. To be fear. <laughs> to have your mana base destroyed. You're putting fear out there into the world. You've only You're faced right. it once and now people are going to be like, good. I'm going to pre-sideboard <laughs> right? against the Kozilek deck. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's devastating. Right. And it's not wrong in the sense of playing it, but it's also just like, dang, that's rough. Well, you got, I think that, that this is different than like Armageddon or Stasis or something like that. Like you, this is like going after you, yeah. right? <laughs> this is going after your cause. Like that cause like is sitting there going like, I will never be cast. Yeah. This is counter. Gosh. This is a counter card to the deck. Oh, I kind of like, I kind of, I kind of Are you like going to start playing it now? I kind of like it. No, <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's it doesn't okay if it had cycling on it or some mm, way of like yeah. of like replacing itself if it wasn't useful then maybe but i don't see enough snow or enough colorless but then again like i'm wondering like is it worth it to take out that ancient tomb mm. do you know what i mean like yeah because there's a lot of people in our play group that play really powerful lands like ancient tomb right. you know um things like that that produce colorless and it's only and if you're only targeting that it's just Oh what? my gosh, black do you know black. what else? It could it can also take out the pain lands too. Oh, you're because right. Because it produces colorless. Or the filter lands. Oh my gosh, it just, just has to it, produce it. It just has to produce colorless. So just imagine it takes out like these pain lands, the filter lands, your entire mana base. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're Oh, gosh, <laughs> it's so good. All right, all right, all right. Um, okay, so that's a great that's a great way to start us off to break the ice. Um, I'm going to follow up with a card that I just really just really brings up my salt level. It's humility. Mm. Humility is too white white for an enchantment. All creatures lose all abilities and have base power and toughness one one. That, that makes you salty. It, honestly, it really does. First off, the creature based strategy. Do we really need to go after the creature based strategy? It's already weaker than the people out there slinging the crazy spells and doing stuff like that, where I just want to curve out with creatures. Okay. Now, again, there are board wipes out there. There are ways to answer creatures. Why am I particularly salty about humility? Yes. Okay. 
It's because humility makes them lose all of their abilities. And so if I have an answer in my deck, a lot of times it's on a creature ah, because I'm running a creature-based strategy. Right. Exactly. And so like... The and Kuspali uh, Rangers aren't doing anything. Exactly. And the thing is, is that a lot of times if I am running a creature-based strategy, I want something thematic. And so I've specifically chosen the Thrashing Brontodon or the Zakam or something like that to get rid of artifacts or enchantments. I'm like, look, I want something on a creature because I'm running a creature. I want a dinosaur to do it. I want an elf to do it. Right. You know, I want a cat to do it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm I'm in the theme and then it's like removed all my answers too. It's like, it's fine if you cause me problems, but when you also preempt my answers, and it's my own fault. I should just run like Cross and Grip, but I don't want to run Cross and Grip. I want to run a cool dinosaur or a cat that does it instead. Oh yeah, I, I can definitely see that. I don't mind the card. I you don't mind say. it. I don't. Is it just another? It's just another board wipe for you. I think it is. It's another board wipe, and I think I usually run enough spells. But I, as someone who who goes on theme. And really goes the right? distance. Yeah, I, I, I like totally the theme. get it. I like the theme. And then like they play humility. And then suddenly, what are all my dinosaurs? They're not going to do anything. No, they're just my cats. Ones. My cats. They're baby dinosaurs. Yeah, my cats are. And my cats don't even have creature types anymore. <laughs> <sighs> I think I have. Maybe I have too many theme decks. Maybe. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe you I just do. Need some more well-rounded <laughs> decks. <laughs> How many theme decks do you have now? I have a lot. <laughs> 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 dinosaurs and cats and dra dragons and elves. Oh, and, I love it. Oh my gosh. It's just, yeah. It's a weakness of mine. <laughs> or strength. It's a strength. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, here's, here's the way that I do like humility though. I have a, a plus one, plus one counters deck, like, okay. like a plus one, plus one counters and a token deck. Um, when you go, when every creature is a one, one, but your creatures are one ones with a ton of plus one, plus one counters on it, mm. then they get huge and they start dominating the battlefield. So that was the one time humility ended up working out. Oh, that's right. Cause it's all creatures. It is global. It's global. Yeah, yeah. All the creatures everywhere. That's yeah. kind of fun. That's spicy. That's fun. Right? Oh. No, <laughs> like if you think about it, like putting all the counters on it and then. Oh just, yeah. 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 yeah, Maybe yeah. Having my counters in my, it doesn't affect my board as much that's as other people. That's a cool people's. strategy. Yeah. yeah, yeah I kind of yeah. like that. I do like that. All right, so next up, we have one that uh, Shauna from The Office said was a salt-inducing card, and that is going to be Limdahl's Vault. Hmm. Hmm. It is very, it's a complicated card. It is a blue and a black. It's an instant, and it says, <clears throat> look at the top five cards of your library. As many times as you choose, you may pay one life, put those cards on the bottom of your library in any order, then look at the top five cards of your library. Then shuffle your library and put the last cards you looked at this way on top of it in any order. Did you did you follow along with that? No, I did not. <laughs> yeah, I, I got lost. Reading so is it so. the confusion factor? Is that is that what makes it? I, I think so. I think it's this card causes confusion and it's it's very slow mm. when we when we hit on tempos of games again. It it just slows down the game. Here's the thing. Lindul's Vault can be an incredibly powerful tutor. Right. Because you're not paying a ton of life to go really deep into your deck and find exactly what you want. And not only exactly what you want, but you could find the best uh, combination of five cards and stack them exactly how you want on top of your deck. Now, you're never going to get exactly... Well, you could get lucky and get exactly what you want. <laughs> right. But in, for the most part, you're not going to see the exact five cards that you want. So every time you pull up five cards, you got to sit there and you got to think. 
Did I get the card I want? Is that good enough paired with the other four cards? You know, is maybe I got like the fourth card, best card in my deck or the fifth best card in my deck. Is that good enough? Or do I go deeper to find the best card or the second best card? Right. And so you have a bajillion decision points. And while you're facing this and resolving this super complicated spell, everyone else is going. So. How was your day? How's it going? I need some salt. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you. It's okay. Good. Uh, and you're just there with five cards. You're going, nope, these are going to go to the bottom. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then, you know, and then you just keep going. So I think it has to do with how powerful it is for how difficult and um, kind of... Um, Can't really interact with it. Yeah. The so, resolving of it. Yes. It just, it takes some time. It's a complicated card. Mm. So. Do you play it? I, I no, actually, it, I, it was not even on my radar until Shauna mentioned it. So I used to play it, and then I found it annoying to play. Ah, see, so there I you got, go. <laughs> so I got rid of it. <laughs> All right. All right. What do we have next? What What is your next salt-inducing card? All right. I'm gonna go big. I'm gonna go big. I'm gonna get an eight drop. Usually, oh. eight, usually eight drops or big things don't induce salt in me, like the expropriate. I'm like, look, you deserve it if it's nine mana. This eight drop is Vornclex voice of hunger six green green for a legendary creature praetor it's a seven six trample and whenever you tap a land for mana add one mana to your mana pool of any type that land produced and whenever an opponent taps a land for mana that land doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step <laughs> you agree with me i am with pouring this? salt into my hand you agree with me okay here's the reason why it shouldn't it shouldn't produce this much salt in me, but it really does. And the reason why is because it's a big threat, okay? And it has to be answered. You can't have one person's mana doubling while it's all shutting us down on our mana, okay? So someone has to deal with Vornclex, right? Right. But the thing is, is that if I tap my mana to deal with Vornclex, it really puts me out of the game. Right. Because like, as I'm, I tap, like I go, okay, I'm going to tutor. I, I tutor for something. I tutor for single target removal. I cast it. I kill Vornclex. And then I'm the one that saved the table, but now my mana doesn't even untap. And I've given everyone else that much more advantage. Even if they agree not to attack me or something right. like that, it puts me so far behind to have my mana tapped down like that. <sighs> Especially that late in the game, because you're going to see Vorinclex, what, since it is eight to cost? Mm -hmm. Eight. Yeah. Oh, man. Do you know what? If it's if it's symmetrical, it's if it's Armageddon or something like that, then I'm, I'm okay. Everyone's in the same boat. But the fact that this goes after specifically the one answering the threat, oh, I it just, it's, it gets me a little bit. Vorinclex is so mean. It, it is a very mean card. It is, <sighs> it's brutal. And it's. Look at him sitting there with his cool <laughs> hat on, thinking he's cool. Why can't he be the Kaldheim Born Klex? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but here's the thing. It's not, I don't know why I'm this salty at Vorn Klex, because it is still just a creature. It could be solved with a source to plowshares, and then only one mana is taxed and kept tapped. True. You be know. solved with a, what's it called? Uh, the blue one that makes them into yeah. like a... Yeah, Pongify or <laughs> Rapid Hybridization. There's so many things to do it. But it just feels like on way too many occasions, I've had to like tap the majority of my mana to answer this crazy threat. And then it feels like I'm out of the game for doing the right thing. Yeah, you don't feel good doing it, right? You're yeah. just like, okay. Yeah, I feel good taking out a huge <laughs> right? praetor, right? <laughs> I have and slain I the praetor. I know. But, and, yeah. and you're like, no, everyone's ahead of me. Bye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. You've got a, a 
big yes. gross card as well. I, I have also chosen a giant gross card. Um, so my other salt-inducing card is Void Winnower. This is an Eldrazi. You love Eldrazi. They're all your children. I've even played Void Winnower. <laughs> yes. I play Void Winnower. Okay, okay. Let's well, tell me what the card okay, does, yes. and then tell me why it's so salty. So Void Winnower is nine colorless mana, and it says your opponents, your opponents can't cast spells with even converted mana costs. They can't even. <laughs> Uh, your opponents can't block with creatures with even converted mana costs. So basically anything that's in your hand that isn't even, which by the way, zero is even, uh, you can't use it. And you can't block with anything. You're out of luck. <laughs> yes. Average deck, it's half your deck. Yeah. It's pretty great. <laughs> it's brutal. It is. It's very brutal. Uh, and it's an 11-9 Eldrazi. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's nine mana. You deserve a big effect on nine mana. Right? And the, like that's... But it, you don't like the you don't like the can even or is it the blocking? Is the whole so package... What, what is it Here's the deal. So Void when we're in a vacuum, if we're looking just at the card, mm -hmm. it seems pretty fair, right? It, it costs nine mana and it does a really cool thing. You yeah. feel powerful and it's it's really strong. But if you look at it in the grand scheme of like playing a game and building decks, mm -hmm. it's colorless. So it can kind of be slotted into any deck. Big mana, big mana decks. Big I mean, reanimator re decks too, right? Yeah, this exactly. Shuffle back in because it's not an ETB effect; it's a global effect. So, any way you get it on the board, as long as it's on the board, no one can do anything with their even converted mana cost spells or creatures. I guess this does shut down a lot, and I think one theme that we have is when uh, people are kept from playing the game. It kind of makes them feel like rumble, rumble, grumble. I could, I could do something, but you know, right? Like if you void have, went over. <laughs> if you have answers, but it literally is an even command because it just feels bad. Mm -hmm. And also, like the times I've seen void winner, then yeah, hello, void winner come out. It doesn't usually end the game right away. Which is a kind of another thing, right? Because it's it slows things down. It, oh, because you're right. It prolongs the game because yeah. then people are looking at their hands and they're like, "Well, I can only play half my spells," and so all the answers, all the threats, all the everything kind of gets. You have to wait. All the wait. resources get cut in half a little bit. Yeah, until someone draws something with an odd converted mana cost, or this stabs you enough times for you to die. But it doesn't have trample or anything like that. And so, yes, I can't block with my even things. But if I've got an odd thing, I'm just right. like block your void winnower. Oh, could you imagine that trample? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, then at least it would end the game it's because true. right now what it's you're talking true. about is like a, a weird prolonged uh, prolonging of the game without actually taking thing out. Exactly. So. Yeah. You're right. The other Eldrazi definitely by attacking, like they, they have bigger effects when they attack right. and this kind of just like slows stuff down. Interesting. All right. So we have a lot more salty cards to talk about, but first we're going to take a listen to our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project 
in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome back. We have more salty cards to talk about. I'm going to talk about one. It's not just me that okay. feels the salt for this card. Uh, Josh Lee Kwai dislikes it. Jordan dislikes it. Oh. A bunch of other people in the office dislike this card. And I used to like it until I played it. It's is called it? Telepathy. Oh. Telepathy is a single blue mana for an enchantment. Your opponents play with their hands revealed. You don't, that's, that's a salt card for yeah, you. Yeah, you'd think that it's just such a huh. minor effect that everything, you know, that it would be yeah. fine, right? It's just like, it's a do-nothing card. Oh, no. Telepathy uh, basically makes everything slow down to a crawl. It creates a situation of decision paralysis where all the information is out there. Mm. Now it's not a game of hidden information where you just, you make your play or you do your things to your best guess. Now you're always looking over at what people would, what do you have over there? Okay. And when the information's all out there, you feel like you have to make the best decision. Right. No one wants to like lose to an onboard trick. Yeah. And when the hands are all on board, you have to like stop and pay attention to everything. It really messes with the pace of the game so much. So it's like too much information. Way too much information. Um, it also messes with politics. Politics are one of my favorite parts mm. of the game. And where's the bluffing when someone's like, uh, you know, I have two blue mana up and they're like, well, let me see your hand. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> no don't, more bluffing I'm, that I'm, island I'm like, like, don't attack me. I've got, I've got answers. And they're like, no, no, you don't. <laughs> Boom, attack you. Um, I'll allow it. Yeah, of course you will. <laughs> you have nothing. Yeah. And then honestly, I think that that's one of the fun parts of magic is the politics, is the bluffing, is the table talk. And the table talk goes away because everyone knows what's in your hand and everyone is just focused on making the right plays all the time. I do not like what it does to the pace of the game. Messes up everything. Get out of here, telepathy. All right. Well, speaking of cards that just mess up the game, we have another card of mine that uh, DJ actually introduced me to. It's called Capsize. Capsize is one blue blue for an instant with buyback three. And all it says, it's one, one sentence. It says, return target permanent to its owner's hand. It's just a bounce spell. It's just a bounce just spell, a bounce spell, says DJ. <laughs> so the reason this card makes me salty is because the times that I have had the pleasure of encountering this spell is when I have cast Pact of Negation. Oh, what's Pact of Negation? It's zero, and you counter target spell. Seems good. Yeah, it's great. It has the stipulation, though, that you have to pay for it on your next upkeep, or you lose the game. What do you have to pay? Is it two, three, three blue blue three blue blue okay. see I've just like completely blocked it out of my memory it was that traumatic of a card <laughs> so normally you just counter something willy-nilly and you right. worry, that's for future you to worry about exactly. right exactly future you will deal with it later you got to deal with the problem right in front of you good job except uh what did I do with this capsize card yeah so what you what you can do with capsize is you can bounce the land one of the islands and then you can buy it back and bounce it again so that on their upkeep they fail to pay and then they lose the game Are you laughing oh, <laughs> twice so, this has happened by the way twice not once twice so twice ashlyn has countered my spell <laughs> and i've been like fine then 
capsize, capsize your blue source, capsize your second blue source, and then pass the turn so that you can lose to your own pack. Doesn't uh, that feel, I mean, I felt great when that happened. I bet you did. And honestly, it wasn't the wrong thing to do, right? Like, it's right there in front of you. The door is open. You have to close uh, it. So, but oh my gosh, that upkeep when you go to untap is the worst feeling in the world. So capsize is fantastic because it can hit lands. Like a yes. lot of times this bounce spells like just specifically don't touch lands. Right. But capsize can hit lands and that buyback means that if you have infinite mana or just a bunch of mana, you can bounce a lot of lands and basically like slow the game down and lock people out really methodically or just end the game right then. It's just in the game. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you forgive me or is this still a grudge? Of course I forgive you, but I'm still probably going to very be very careful about casting pack near you ever again. I have, I have not taken capsize out of my deck. It's <laughs> in my, it's in my braids deck because I let people get big things like big Eldrazi onto the battlefield. <gasps> and so if you don't play by my rules, like capsize back to your hand, you know what I mean? Yeah. Do, do you, do you think that pact of negation is possibly a salty card oh, for you? Oh, it's a salty card. Yeah. Uh, do you know what in the moment when I was trying to do stuff and I thought I was free and clear and right. you're like, pack. You know what I mean? Yeah, I felt yeah. it in that. I felt it in that moment. I was like, I did everything right. I waited for my window. I waited for my window, and you came in and sabotaged everything. This card lets me get away with it. Yeah. But 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 the simple fact, because Pact comes with a huge downside, it does. and the simple fact that I was able to leverage that downside means that Pact went from salty to very, very sweet. Very oh, sweet. Oh, all right. Because right. without, without Pact, I wouldn't have been able to win those games. Right. It's true. Yeah, and I wouldn't have been able to lose without uh, uh, Capsize, so there's that. What's I your salty I, I, forgot I, get, I forgot I did that twice, yes. too. That was pretty great. <laughs> all right. Uh, I love Capsize. That's not a salty card for me. Um, but here's one that I am particularly annoyed by. It's Time Sifter. Time Sifter? What does that do? Time Sifter is five mana for an artifact. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, each player removes the top card of his or her library from the game. The player who removed the card with the highest converted mana cost takes an extra turn after this one. If two or more players' cards are tied for the highest cost, the tied players repeat this process until the tie is broken. So whose turn is it next? No one knows. <laughs> in a four-player game, this just keeps happening. Oh, Where, wow. yeah, going to the next turn, it's just like, all right, everyone reveal the card. Oh, you're playing an Eldrazi deck and have gigantic creatures? Okay, you can go next. Okay, then it Sweet. goes. Then who does it go to next? So it goes around here. Oh, actually, it's another upkeep, so we're going to then do it again. Right. It becomes this cycle of people constantly jumping in and taking other turns. And again, are we punishing the aggro decks? The mm. low drop decks of this world? Right. Does this card do Yeah. Yes. And also, I just think it's it's also a little bit annoying, too, because people have ways of manipulating the top of their library, you mm -hmm. know? And so when people are like, oh, hold on, trigger on the stack, Vampiric Tutor, you're like, oh, great. Great. Fine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Take another turn. Oh, you have. Oh, look, you have a Sensei's Divining Top over there with this. Wonderful. You so, know, and they're yeah. just, they just keep chaining together turn after turn after turn. And it's not something like expropriate where you're like, you are clearly the bad guy and, you know, you're going to take extra turn, extra turn, extra turn, and then it's done with. You know what I right. mean? Sometimes when you take a time stretch and take two extra turns, fine, you're done. And then we all kind of catch up to you. This just has you jumping in and taking turns at random times. Uh, it's a little chaotic. 
It's so chaotic, right. so unpredictable, but the person that's built their deck around it has a way higher likelihood of taking extra turns, and it means that they're constantly mm-hmm. playing the game, and little old creature-based strategy over here, the one playing three-drop cats that are also one-ones through humility. <laughs> Yeah. Are never getting a turn. Never okay, getting so, a turn. so what I'm hearing is I should run Humility and Time Sifter and just make for a wonderful time. And telepathy? And telepathy, yes. Is this is this the what the list we're putting together is cards you should play? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, I like the card in the sense that like it just makes me think of whose turn is it anyway? I, you would think that that'd be fun, right? right? You'd be like, you'd be like, I don't know whose Thanks. turn it is. Let's figure it out. But it's never like that. It's always no. the same person whose turn it is. It's always the person playing Time Sifter. It's their turn. Mm. It's their turn. Okay, I can definitely see how that's salty. All right, what do we got next? Next, okay. So my other salty card is Perplexing Chimera. It is a. It is quite the card. It is a four. It's four and a blue for an enchantment creature. Uh, it's a 3-3 that says, whenever an opponent casts a spell, you may exchange control of Perplexing Chimera and that spell. If you do, you may choose new targets for the spell. All right. You have a path for it. That's a good trade. You know, I'm, hey, you can have my Chimera. I take your spell. And then you have a Chimera, so you can do it later. Perfectly right. fair. It just gets passed around the table. Does it, though? <laughs> Does it? Perplexing. What, what people use. What what can usually happen with this card is when it's paired with cards like uh, I don't know. It's homeward path. Ho- oh yeah, homeward path. Homeward path is the one. Yeah. yeah. When it's paired with homeward path, you know you so you give your perplexing chimera away, and then you know you just homeward path it. Bloop. I'll take that back, please. You get it back, <laughs> and now you take another thing. Come on, it's kind of a fun combo, right? <laughs> I mean, is it just? Uh, I bet you it's just because of the pace of the game where everyone's like, great, I can't do anything because the Chimera's out there. Yeah, I think it's definitely like it hits a table, you groan, and you kind of have to decide what you're going to do to get rid of it. And usually, like, cards like this, it encourages a board wipe. Well, I can't really get rid of it because if I swords, if I exactly. swords it, what do you do? You're I, just I, like, cool, uh, take my Chimera and I will target your commander. No, not my commander! <laughs> <laughs> you know, like... So you need a board wipe where something like exchanging control of a board wipe, you know... Right, doesn't it doesn't do matter. Anything. Okay. Or, let's say, for some reason, the homeward path isn't available and you exchange it. And so then the table has to politically agree that someone's going to go down to target it. So someone's it. not... So basically things aren't, like... Even though it's being passed around, the problem still exists because the new person with a chimera probably isn't going to be like, for the good of everything, I will let the chimera die. They're like, nah, my spell got stolen. I'm going to steal the next yeah, cool thing. keep things fair. I mean, that could, if it is fair and it just keeps getting passed around, is that okay? Still, I, I, still salty? I, I think it makes me salty because I play big, powerful Eldrazi, and I don't want to give my Eldrazi away. Oh, so that makes sense, because in your deck, you have these big, splashy spells, and so you're like, look, this basically shuts down my whole deck, whereas if I'm playing a Ponder, I'll like, yeah, I'll trade it. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that. And it's always like, you forget it's out sometimes, (laughs) and then you get, yeah, it's... It's just uh, very, uh, feels bad. Oh my gosh. I do, I do, I think I like the Chimera. I don't think <laughs> you I'm like the Chimera, you enjoy I the chaos of it? I think I enjoy it for <laughs> sure. All right, let's take a look at my last card. It's Opposition Agent. Oh, okay. I know. Two and a black for a 3-2 human rogue with flash. You control your opponents while they're searching their libraries. 
I control you. You control him. Yeah. While an opponent is searching their library, they may exile uh, each card they find. You may play those cards for as long as they remain exiled, and you may spend mana as though they were mana of any color to cast them. So, you don't get to search. Instead, I kind of get to search for you, and I get to cast or play those cards. Here's the thing. Uh... Being able to interrupt tutors, I actually think is something healthy for Commander. Right. You know, um, there are there are strategies that rely way too heavily on tutors, so finding ways to fight them is is great. Uh, so in general, I kind of initially liked Opposition Agent, and then the fact that Opposition Agent betrayed me had the salt feel so much worse. <laughs> what happened? Because here's what I realized. I realized that we're not fighting against Vampiric Tutor, Demonic Tutor, or, you know, all of these uh, really reliable combo engines or something like that. You're fighting against Secure Tribe Elder and mm, your Fetch Land. The ramp. And Evolving Wilds. And just like basic stuff, really core components of what it is to play Commander. Right. And so this, this, what it does is it doesn't target the thing it needs to target, which is, you know, demonic tutor or specific, you know, tutor strategies. Instead, it's just mostly going after fetch lands, even like evolving wilds and like, and prismatic vista and stuff like that. And those are such a key component of commander. It just has me feeling so salty. Do do you think if it had like texts that were... It was worded like where it targets like sorceries, right? Oh yeah, it would, an instant or sorcery. Yes, if you were to search your library from an instant or sorcery, yeah. Even though that, that would, would hit rampant growth or cultivate or something like that, I still think that would be fine because it doesn't shut off your fetch lands. I think that it's shutting off the fetch lands is the real thing that gets me. Yeah, um, and even like Aven Mind Sensor, I actually like Aven Mind Sensor. You know, Aven Mind Sensor is a two and a white for a two-one bird wizard, greatest type ever. Anyway, no, <laughs> uh, but this bird wizard uh, basically says you can only search the top four cards of your library. Right. Which is kind of cool. I like that. It's like this this little thing that shuts it down. Opposition agent. The fact that they steal that card from you, it means that they're getting card advantage and putting you down mm. those things. It's just yeah. so. So similar to telepathy giving you too much information, Opposition Agent gives you, this card gives you a little too much flexibility in what it can target. It just, oh yeah, basically it hits way too many aspects of Commander. It's too wide. I wish it was narrower. Uh, And then also the fact that it doesn't just shut it down. It's not just like, oops, now I know you got me, you interrupted my thing. Yeah. It's like, wait, you get it? Yeah. You just get to take it? I cracked my fetch land to, to like, get my land drop and suddenly it ramped you? You're welcome. (sighs) Yeah. I I feel it. I can see it. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, are there any cards that others might find salty that you like? Capsize, yes. No, actually... (laughs) Actually, actually, I genuinely like most cards that other people find salty. Uh, I think we're going to talk about, you know, looking at our list and evaluating salty cards about what types of cards are more likely to be salty than others. Right. And uh, and then be able to analyze that. But for the most part, um, cards that, you know, destroy every land or take extra turns or things like that, I actually am kind of fine with. You know, I'm okay with big, powerful cards and big effects um, in general. So I actually think that I am immune to most oh. of the salt. Okay, challenge accepted. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> 
What about you? Uh, for me, I think that, yeah, there's definitely cards I like that are typically salt-inducing. I feel like I play Eldrazi. I like Eldrazi. Oh, uh, yeah. Some people definitely get get feel the salt when it comes to Eldrazi. Yeah, especially sure. the older ones, you know, Ulamog, uh, oh, Kozilek, the Butcher of Truth. To be Annihilator. The Annihilator, specifically, is... People don't like it. Annihilator's pretty fair. I, I agree. It's only one person. It's only Sacrifice Annihilator 4. Come on, Sacrifice 4 permanence. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and they end the game. They they do end the game. They really, actually, you're right. They really do end the game. And also, they're like, they're gigantic. Yes. They're huge creatures. Uh, I kind of like the Eldrazi. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't uh, turn on the salt for me. Although, Void Winnower. Yeah, Void Winner is the exception. Yeah, and I'm even fine with Void Winner. I think it's... You think it's fine? I don't know, you're right. Well, you're, the, all your reasons behind <laughs> it are totally the, right. The problem with Void Winner is also that... when I Because I've played it. I played it on game nights. It did great things. Uh, but when it, I've noticed over time, like I've taken it out of my deck because I've mm. noticed when it hits the table, the mood of the table, just the energy kind of just gets sucked out of the table. Do you know, maybe that's the reason why we don't see these salty cards as often um, over time is that basically, because I actually don't see opposition agents very often. Yeah. I don't see a lot of these more traditional salty cards because I think that people pick up on the fact of what, where the tone goes when they hit the battlefield. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And they kind of naturally are trying to match their play group. I actually think that's one of the things that we could transition and start talking about what makes a card salty. I think that one of the biggest definitions of what makes a card salty is a mismatch with the play group. Mm, a mismatch with the yeah. table. Yeah. You know? And so if the table is not really about, you know, this high power, you know, kind of thing, or not really about land destruction, or not really about combo, right. introducing that to the play group or introducing that to the table might cause people a little bit of salt, not because they're salty at the person or even the card, but because they're like, oh, I didn't know that we were playing that game. Was not expecting I'm that. Not expecting yeah. that. It's, it's the built-in expectations, you know? Yeah, I think that's really good. Like you said, with humility, like you have, if you're playing all your creature decks, and it's a mismatch. Yeah, a my mismatch. creature deck is not matched up correctly to that card. Right. It just completely hoses it. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean for sure. Uh, and there are definitely some cards out there that are like one card answers for a specific strategy. Uh, and that can feel like, oh, you've just like completely dismantled my deck. Break the ice. It is a one card one answer card. to your entire strategy. Right. And it makes you feel a little bit silly. You're like, well... You know, I would have, I, I could have played a different deck. Yeah, like, exactly, I'm like, right? I'm a good, like, I'm a good deck builder. I can build <laughs> decks that like, that survive to this card. Just in this case, I made a decision. It's a mismatch. Else. Yeah, it's a mismatch for sure. Um, I think it's also like your definition of fun. Like each person, when you build a deck, you're, everyone has a different definition of what they find fun and what they enjoy. Mm -hmm. And so there's some cards that I don't find fun that you find fun, like capsize. <laughs> I think it's important that uh, everyone is able to step out of their own shoes and realize that, you know, the card is not the person and exactly. and people have different definitions of fun. You know what I mean? And uh, I don't think that there's anyone sitting down to or very many people sitting down to a table of magic, especially your friends thinking like, I will make their lives miserable. I will cause destruction <laughs> and salt everywhere. Maybe, maybe a few people out there, no. but, but hopefully when you do that, that's the, that's the fun and everyone's expecting that. And there's a fun aspect to that. I think that people aren't out there trying to cause pain and salt, right. you know, people out there playing fun things and it just has to do with 
what your expectation of fun is and how things are matched up specifically. I think people, um, along with some of the things we've been talking about, they want to play magic. They want to play their deck. You know what I mean? And so if there's a card that answers your deck or negates your deck, feel bad. If there's a... Uh, an Armageddon that takes away all your land. So you're like, well, I'm not playing, you know, feel bad. Or if there's something that slows down the pace of the game so that you're playing less magic, like telepathy or void winner or something like that, you know, feel bad. Right. You know? So I think that as long as people are playing as much magic as possible, then you can't, we're not really getting salty. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely, I can see that. Because you at least for me, when it comes to a salty card, it's usually based off a specific time or interaction I've had in a moment and less of like a repetitive thing. So like once you work through that and kind of you're used to it, it's less salty. Mm. So how do, how do we avoid the salt? How do we avoid the salt? I have the perfect answer for you. I've been mastering this actually. Oh, good. Uh, feel nothing. Be devoid of all feelings and uh, detach yourself from life and reality and become numb. <laughs> you're like, you're like, I will become the voidless, the void Eldrazi. <laughs> I am the void winner. <laughs> nothing, no, no, nothing will impact me. Don't whatsoever. actually do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got some advice. So one thing is that uh, one thing you could do is reframe the goals of the game. And I actually think this is something that's good for everyone because yeah. some people go into a game uh, and they want to win. That's good. That's healthy. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but remember, you're only going to win if your decks are all balanced and you're all good uh, 25% of the time. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and if you're in a play group where you're winning 100% of the time, what are, what are your friends? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're, maybe there's something going something on. Something might be all like, balanced Exactly. There. So if you're only going to be happy 25% of the time when you're playing Magic, that might not be a recipe for happiness. And I know for, like, are you happy most of the time you're playing Magic? Yes. Even when I capsized your island. Even you, when you capsized exactly, my island, yes. You know what I mean? And I lose all the time, and I'm still happy in losing. And so what you could do coming to the table is reframe everything. Reframe the game to uh, successes or to your deck working or towards interacting with friends or just being out and hanging out with people. You know, so reframing it from, you know, success in terms of winning to success of, oh, I'm I'm playing magic and magic is great. I did something cool. Exactly. Um, another thing that you could do is try to see the people and not yes. the cards. You know what I mean? Because uh, if I'm playing a card that is incredibly salty for someone, you know, that doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. Like, I play Capsize, or if I play Void Winnower, it doesn't mean that I'm, like, an evil person. Yeah, no. You know what I mean? Like, detach the card from the person. Right. And realize that they're two completely separate things. And you can actually really get salty about a card, but remember that that person that you're playing Magic against is a friend or a potential friend. And they probably are a really cool person, because they like playing Magic. Right. They have a reason for it in their deck. And maybe you just haven't seen that yet. Yeah. I think the the thing for me when it comes to avoiding salt is that it's, I, I forgot like who said it, but I heard this like saying a while ago and it's like, make the charitable assumption. And I think that's, that's reasonable when it comes to cards that make you not feel great when you're playing against them is, you know, understand that it's not meant to be personal and it's not an attack against you. This is just a game. And this is something that is in response or a reaction or dealing with something. And it's not, it's not meant to target you or 
yeah. make, uh, grief you. Feeling the salt in the game is kind of a it's, a, it's a good thing. It means you're invested in the game a little yeah. bit. But when you extend that salt, suddenly you're salty outside the game, you're salty at the next game, you're salty at a person, uh, then those are, that's like, the salt is like seeping into other parts of your life and you need to contain it. Yeah. You know what I mean? If like, if you're invested in the game and you're like, oh, I can't believe I lost and you feel those emotions, great stuff. But then you need to find a way to snap out of that because if you start being salty at your friend when you're at dinner after the, your night at the game store, then that's not healthy. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, so keep your, keep your salt in the game, keep it directed at the cards and not necessarily have it overflow into your life and your relationships. Yeah. All right. Well then should we, uh, do we think that we've, uh, effectively helped prevent people from being salty? I think that or we, we hurt. We made it. We made <laughs> it worse. Them ammo. We're gonna see. We're giving them a ton of ammo. People are like, I should play more salty. Guys. You're right. <laughs> I think that I, I like this. I thought I think it's a, a cool way to kind of look into what makes each of us salty because we're so different, right? Yeah, I think that knowing what like pushes your buttons a little bit uh, can help evaluate like how you play Magic and what your you know, what's your strengths and weaknesses and how you evaluate things. I think it can be an interesting sort of self-exercise. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed it for sure. Um, to the listeners, what makes you salty? What cards can you put down in the comments that we can all put in our commander decks and make all of our friends feel the salt? salt. Just kidding. Or just maybe avoid them. Or I'm just interested <laughs> in seeing more salty cards. And, you know, if you do want to buy those salty cards, guess where you can do that? Channelfireball.com. It is the one-stop shop for singles, salties, and booster boxes. Uh, you can get, you support your local game store. Uh, you have wonderful support. Channel Fireball is great. They've been around for years, and we're happy to support them. So if you want to support us supporting them, you can go to channelfireball.com slash command. Or if you forget to use the link, you can also just put the affiliate code command into the box, and you still support us. So channelfireball.com. Check it out. And then after you get those salty cards, do you know how you're going to protect them? Yeah, salt's not good for cards. I don't know if you guys know this, <laughs> but like salt is really bad. It damages cards. You definitely want to make sure to protect your cards if you got salt going around. Right. Did you throw salt in here? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you protect them using Ultra Pro sleeves. You have the Eclipse sleeves. You put them in a nice, hearty deck like the Satin Towers. I love the Satin Towers. I cannot open them for the life of me because they are so strong. And that just goes to show that they really protect your cards. So Ultra Pro, we love them. If you want to support them as well, you can go to shop.ultrapro.com slash command to support the show and get some really cool sleeves, deck boxes, play mats. I love their play mats. I am really happy. I got to help out on the Kickstarter for the Before the Storm one. And it's great. We always use them because of their quality. Uh, they're, I wash them, which I didn't think know you could do. And it takes care of them. So yeah. Very cool. And do you know what else is cool? Something outside the world of magic. <gasps> yes. Go for it. All right. Welcome to the instep where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. And today I wanted to talk about a podcast I've been listening to uh, very recently. It's called Revisionist History. It's by Malcolm Gladwell. Oh, he's famous. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he is. He's uh, the author of the books like The Tipping Point, Blink, Outliers, uh, a lot more. And he, he has this really special thing going for her this podcast it's been here i'll read you like what the description of it is to kind of give you an idea okay so it says a journey through the overlooked 
and the misunderstood. Every episode re-examines something from the past, an event, a person, an idea, even a song, and asks whether we got it right the first time, because sometimes the past deserves a second chance. Mm. And it's really fascinating. It, they're, they're, the episodes are shorter than an hour, usually like 30 to 40 minutes, so you can get it in on the way to work, right? And it just kind of explores these different perspectives that you might not have thought about for things that have happened in history. Okay, so what's what's one of the topics that you, that you yeah. particularly liked? So I really liked uh, the first episode, actually, of the Ooh, entire thing. There's like seven seasons that. now. So yeah, first episode. Oh my gosh, how many seasons? Seven. Oh my gosh. Okay, so so there's a backlog of them. Okay, yes. cool. The first episode was? Uh, so the first episode is basically... Um, are you familiar with a painting called The Roll Call? No. Okay. So it is a painting from basically... It would have been really cool if I was, right? right? I was I like, of course I, could, I know the art of The Roll Call. I would have been impressed. <laughs> um, to the I internet. I know it. Uh, so it's a painting. If uh, It's a famous piece of art from 1874. One of uh, the queens actually bought it. Um, and the reason it's special is because it was exhibited in the Royal Academy, which is a huge deal, especially back then. Uh, basically, you had to like be the artist of artists. It was the only place to really feature the art. And he, he breaks it down much better in the podcast. But the reason that it's that he goes into this episode is because the painting was made by a woman and her name was Elizabeth Sutherburden Butler. Right, that's cool. It might not sound super exciting, but in 1874, she was the first woman to ever have something showcased in the uh, exhibit. Interesting. So we take like a pretty normal, hey, someone made a painting, it's got historical context, it was in a thing. And then suddenly we're like, oh, but this is a bigger deal than you might think. And then we get yes. the context behind it. You get the context behind Very it. Cool. And then he takes that and uh, zooms back out and takes other historical moments throughout history and kind of goes off these like social sciences of how, how again and again, we repeat um very interesting types of like habits or like he's good at that yeah you know, with the tipping points I, like that yeah yeah if you if you've read any of the books you'll love the podcast if you haven't and you're curious highly recommend it it's very informative uh again it's a cool perspective on things all right writing yeah. it down i'm checking it out revisionist history podcast thank you for the tip yes okay well i think that's it for the show we've covered everything so we're going to give a shout out to our team. Big thanks to our amazing staff here at the Command Zone. We have Damon Lind, Shauna Gills, Arthur Meadowcraft, Jimmy Wong, Josh Lee Kwai. No, say your name. <laughs> Ashlyn Rose. <laughs> it feels weird. Uh, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Craig Blanchett, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Nan, Jordan Pridgen, Sam Waldo, Garab Galati, Truck Tie, Jimmy Block, Mitch Trafford, and Evan Limberger. Thank you all so so much for all the work you put into here. And thank you for joining me. My name is DJ. You can find other stuff that I do over on the Jumbo Commander YouTube channel. Just find me on Twitter at Jumbo Commander. Thank you so much for talking to me about salt. No, this was amazing. Thank this you. This was not a salty episode. Very upbeat episode <laughs> I know, <right? laughs> for all the salt that we were talking about. Of course, we also want to thank Jeffrey Palmer. He does the Living Card animations that sometimes start this episode. That Soul Ring, amazing at Living Cards MTG. But most importantly, thank you all for joining us. Have a Catch great one, everyone. Time. Catch you next time. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com.
or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.